everybody to the Luke Beasley show. I hope you're doing absolutely fantastic on this Friday. Uh, hopefully your Thanksgiving went wonderful and everything is just spectacular. But as I mentioned, I am pre-recording both the Thursday and Friday show in advance so that I can take Thursday and Friday off without uh, completely missing two days of the week, which hopefully uh, works for you guys. I don't expect them to be quite as long. This show probably isn't going to be as long as my typical ones, but still a full show um, nonetheless, which is great and lots of stuff to discuss as always. So let's jump right in. Seems to be the case that Republicans do not want Trump to come rally for Herschel Walker or go rally, I should say, in Georgia amidst his uh, runoff election with Raphael Warnock. Because they think, as we saw in the midterms, that Trump is toxic, that Trump will actually hurt Herschel Walker's campaign, being seen with him, getting a bunch of uh, thoughts in people's heads of Herschel Walker being a Trumpster. And so Vanity Fair has a good uh, article on this. It's actually reporting on what was broken through a uh, uh, Rolling Stone article, but I liked the way that Vanity Fair put it together better. So here's a little bit from that and then we'll discuss. As you've probably heard by now, Donald Trump's stranglehold on the Republican Party is currently on life support. In the wake of the midterm elections, during which his endorsement became the kiss of death in a number of key races. As a result, many Republicans want him to stay as far away from the state of Georgia as possible until after the runoff between Herschel Walker and Raphael Warnock. Lest his stench push voters to cast their ballots for the incumbent Democrat who won his runoff in the state against the Trump-backed Kelly Leffler in January 2021. And we'll give you one guess as to how he's coping with the rejection. Rolling Stone reports that the ex-president who has become radioactive uh, within the GOP over the last two weeks is extremely pissed that virtually no one of, uh, of importance in the party wants him to campaign for Walker, whom he endorsed for Senate more than a year ago. And it's not just never Trumpers or people like Mitch McConnell who want him to stay away. According to reporters, uh, those two individuals, people who are on good terms with Trump, have implored him not to hold a Georgia rally ahead of the runoff. Elsewhere, a Republican aide told The Hill, hopefully Trump will stay out of the race as much as he possibly can, noting that if you talk to Georgia election strategists, they believe Trump was a huge drag on Walker in suburban Atlanta. And so we'll uh, stop the reading there. But one of the things that the uh, Rolling Stone article highlighted was that it also really irks Trump, the idea that they would not want Trump to come, but they would want DeSantis to come because there's a rivalry there. And he doesn't like the idea that DeSantis right now may be more popular within the Republican Party than he is, which I do think the analysis from Republicans who care about that race, obviously, I hope Herschel Walker loses. But if you were advocating on behalf of Herschel Walker, you probably don't want Trump to come. And you could get benefits from DeSantis coming because it is the more moderate Republicans. Now, DeSantis is not moderate at all. He is so radical, but for some reason seems to be more appealing to more moderate Republican voters, which is a bummer. And so he could help while Trump has become pretty toxic in certain areas of the country and certain uh, mindsets of people. And so, you know, this is just the worst thing for Trump. He hates the idea so deeply that people behind the scenes could be 
hoping, pleading with him that he doesn't come and throw his support publicly again behind Herschel Walker because that would actually hurt Herschel Walker likely. And Trump likes to think of himself as someone who everything he touches turns to gold and can't cope with the fact that no longer uh, and really never has that been the case. He won his election in 2016. And I think that gave a lot of people, not just Trump and his supporters, the idea that Trump was this magical winner. But then we saw 2018, huge Republican losses, 2020. Of course, Trump lost in 2022. Didn't go as good for Republicans as it should have in the minds of a lot of uh, people analyzing the political reality. And so he actually is not someone who brings winning along with him as much as he likes to portray. And that's making itself so clear now and at least is now something that Republicans are fully aware of, as is told in their begging of him not to come and campaign for Herschel Walker. Very interesting. I would love, 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 love to see him deny or uh, reject their requests for him not to come, meaning that he actually goes, campaigns for Herschel Walker, and uh, actually hurts his campaign. That would be so beautiful to watch. Tucker Carlson is pretty wonderful at getting things wrong and i have an example of that for you so we covered previously this bizarre thing he said about the support from the united states of ukraine being a jihad on russia for being a society with traditional values which is completely absurd the united states is defending a country that is getting invaded unjustly so how you connect that to this being in his mind a religious war on Russia by the United States is so strange. But within the context of that statement that we previously covered, he then goes on to say and make the prediction that in 25.9 days or something, we'll, we'll see here in a second, but he was saying by Thanksgiving, America is going to be out of diesel because of the Biden administration's and Democrats' actions in supporting Ukraine in this battle. Well, we're now past Thanksgiving, right? And I'm recording this just before Thanksgiving and it has not happened and it's not expected to happen. And we'll look at that after this, but watch this just humiliating moment for him where he makes this prediction and says some unhinged stuff about why we're defending Ukraine. Anyone who's paying attention has or helping Ukraine defend itself has had to have wondered that. Well, this week, Congressman Jamie Raskin of Maryland of Bethesda answered that question. Russia is an Orthodox Christian country with traditional social values. And for that reason, it must be destroyed, no matter what the cost to us. So this is not a conventional war. This is a jihad. Jamie Raskin said that out loud, but many in Washington agree with him. In <laughs> no. <laughs> both parties, they would like to see World War trans immediately. Oh my gosh. So what is a jihad going to mean for you? Well, the details are stunning. Thanks to the Biden administration's religious war in Ukraine, this country is about to run out of diesel fuel. According to data from the Energy Information Administration, by the Monday of Thanksgiving week, that's 25 days from now, there will be more, no more diesel. So what's going to happen then? Well, everything will stop. That means trucks and trains and barges all unable to move. Farm equipment will shut down. There will be no deliveries because there will be no trucks. There will be no diesel generators. Mm -hmm. And he goes on. So diesel 
will be gone, will be out, will run out of diesel by the Monday of Thanksgiving. So I even got it wrong. It was earlier than he said, the Monday of Thanksgiving week. Well, we're past that, past that Monday, and it has not happened. Look at Patrick uh, Dehan, I think it is, on Twitter saying, it's been 25 days since Tucker Carlson reported that we run out of diesel in 25.9 days. And we've actually more diesel than we did when his wildly inaccurate report ran on October 28th. So he could not have been more wrong in that situation. And this is what fear mongers do. They make all of these wild predictions about the future to try to portray to their audience a reality that doesn't exist. And then they bank on the fact that their audience won't remember the false portrayals of the world that the commentator made uh, whenever that time comes around that they made a prediction. So we've seen with Mike Lindell, he said a hundred million different times, okay, not a hundred million, but so many different times that by this date, Trump will be reinstated. By this date, Trump will be reinstated. By this date, the election will be overturned and it hasn't happened and people still follow. Alex Jones has done this. By this date, this crazy thing's going to happen. Doesn't happen. Tucker Carlson there. Within 25 days, we're going to be out of diesel. We're not. So why is it that nobody in his audience cares? Well, it's because they actually like, in a weird and distorted way, the fear that he stokes in them. As odd as that sounds, fear isn't something that you think of people longing for. But whenever you have a, a belief about the other side, a belief about these individuals that you hate, that is so deeply rooted in hate, then being told that horrible, terrible things are happening and horrible, terrible things will happen and your life is being threatened because of these people actually feels right. It feels like what you want to be told. And so that's what Tucker does for them. He tells them that all these people you're afraid of for whatever reason or you don't like for whatever reason, they're going to cause all of these disastrous scenarios. And then when the, the disastrous scenarios don't happen, it doesn't matter because that wasn't the point. And it's exhausting to watch someone like Tucker Carlson just continue with his dishonesty and then never reevaluate whenever he is so uh, deeply wrong. President Joe Biden's uh, granddaughter, Naomi Biden, had her wedding on the White House South Lawn uh, last weekend. And it's just caused some drama and some interesting reporting to come out of it, which is kind of interesting. This isn't super important or anything like that, but I found it slightly notable, specifically because one of the aspects of this is reporting is, is revealing or, or at least alleging that the plan was to coordinate the wedding kind of near Biden's 80th birthday so that his 80th birthday doesn't get as much attention because they understand that's kind of a concern for a lot of Americans that he's getting up there in age and maybe shouldn't run for re-election. And so uh, this came out of CNN. President Joe Biden is turning 80 this weekend, but the big bash at the White House is for an entirely different and more youthful occasion. Naomi Biden, Biden's oldest granddaughter, married Peter Neal on the White House South Lawn on uh, Saturday. But then it continues on uh, down here. Two people familiar with the planning of the wedding say it was not a coincidence Naomi Biden's wedding weekend coincides with the president's day, noting the age issue is never something Biden wants to highlight. Quote, the wedding gives us uh, or gives some cover, says one 
of the people. The wedding, which CNN is told, includes the extended Biden clan on the guest list, as well as friends and family of the couple, also marks a kickoff of sorts for the tight-knit Bidens to begin earnest discussions over whether Joe Biden should run for a second uh, term. So, again, not super important, but interesting because it does highlight that there's a clear awareness within the Biden um, crew, you know, the Biden cohort, that his age is something of concern to the American public and how much of a role should that play in his decision to run or not to run for re-election uh, in 2024. And I do think it comes down to that because otherwise you would think he would be a strong candidate, right? But it's his communication ability because of, I think, the aging that has definitely taken a nosedive and, and significantly affects the way he appears publicly. Um, not to the extent that the right wing makes it out to be. He doesn't even know where he is. No, that's not accurate. But there is real concern there, and I think it's fair. And so it will be interesting to see how that plays a role in his decision uh, whether or not to run for re-election. Another piece of this wedding that was just kind of uh, silly was the White House press wasn't allowed to go and, you know, witness it and report on it, which really bothered them. As you'll see in this press conference room, she gets asked multiple times about this, but here's a little bit of that. More on the White House wedding, as I'm filing on this wedding and previewing it for folks, I'm looking at all of this video and images that we have of Trisha Nixon's wedding, Alice Roosevelt Longworth's wedding. Um, the Johnson family's wedding and, and the historic record that now exists because the press was let in and able to get a glimpse of it. Why not just let the press in for a few minutes to have access? And again, this is a wedding that's happening here at the People's House, oh. not at a private residence. Yes. I totally understand it's happening at the People's House. It's a beautiful moment. It's a joyous moment between these two young, this two young couple uh, who have decided it is their decision. They have decided uh, to make this wedding private. Uh, it is a family event. It is, and we are going to respect Naomi and Peter's wishes. Uh, this is going to be, you know, the the wedding of uh, of uh, the the first lady and uh, the president's uh, first grandchild, and these are this their wishes. They want it to be private, and we're okay. So, apparently, uh, Naomi and her now husband wanted it to be, you know, a private affair, which makes sense i also get the perspective of but it's happening at the white house and so then of, of course journalists want to get in there and uh report on it but just interesting dynamics playing out there with the uh, wedding of biden's granddaughter interesting little uh situation that donald trump is in relating to his unbanning of twitter or or him getting unbanned on twitter but also his stake in Truth Social. So of course, you'll probably remember, uh, he just recently got unbanned from Twitter, but he also was the core person in starting the Truth Social endeavor. And now Truth Social is somewhat of a platform and a lot of the value in it is the fact that Trump puts out all the statements there. That's why a lot of people are even on Truth Social. And so while he loves Twitter so much and he used to just love tweeting and has way more followers there, it's probably a really bad decision for him to get back on the platform. 
as Mediate highlights uh, here, where it could actually lose him a lot of money. Former President Donald Trump has yet to tweet since getting his Twitter account back after a nearly two-year-long exile, but if he does, he could get sued for millions of dollars. And then it provides an excerpt here uh, from some analysis from Shelby Talcott. Since Trump is a core part of True Social's value, rejoining Twitter could create some potential legal complications. According to Eric Talley, a professor at Columbia Law a School who specializes in corporate law. In particular, if Trump repeatedly signals in public before a merger that he's never joining Twitter, then closes a SPAC deal and uh, reneges, some shareholders could decide they were misled. Quote, if it's going to look later on that he never had the intention of remaining off Twitter, but he just wanted to convince people that they should go ahead and uh, close the CPAC or CPAC SPAC deal, that's kind of a textbook securities fraud lawsuit, Tally said. So that's a tough situation to be in because he loves Twitter more than anything in the world and tweeting out to a bunch of liberals who will be mad who aren't on True Social, right? But if he does that, he could be misleading in his previous statements of saying, I won't be getting on Twitter, the shareholders in True Social. And that could cost him millions of dollars in a lawsuit because of it being securities fraud. And that is so beautiful. I love that that's probably burning him down to death because I know it is so tempting for him to just go ahead and get back on Twitter. And he could justify it in his head. Well, I'm running for president now, so I need to have as much reach as possible and have as many people hear my message as possible. And I'll also still be active on Truth Social. But if this does create a situation where he could be sued, probably not something he would want to do. So again, this is one of those stories that's not that important, but just an interesting dynamic playing out because um. I think it actually does play a big role in his presidential campaign, whether or not he's on Twitter, because so much of both him as president, but then also campaigning was the media reading tweets that he was putting out. And I think in a way that characterizes him more accurately because he's so unhinged on those platforms. But whenever the public only sees him in kind of his scripted form, especially if his campaign keeps trying to force him to come off more chill talk about the election less which i don't think he'll be able to do either way i think you put him in front of cameras he'll still come off unhinged but twitter is him sitting on the toilet at 3 a.m and it really ups the ante for what the american public is reading day to day about him and he just doesn't get that reach on true social the media doesn't read his statements from true social as often um and so it, it's just as weird as this sounds a big dynamic you know a big variable in the next two years of him running for president in 2024 which hopefully he will lose uh, either to a gop challenger or more likely hopefully he'll lose if he does still get the nomination against the democrat in the general election but overall it'll be curious uh or i'm curious myself and it'll be fascinating to see what he ends up doing with his now reinstated twitter account we're continuing our tour through past interviews I've done with Trump supporters, recapping ones from a while back that many of you, because my audience just recently has kind of grown a lot, haven't even seen, um, which is super fun. And these are wild. So today you just got to stick around for this one. It is so strange. I talked to a lady and the reason why it's strange is she has a strong opinion about the left, the uh, Democrats being communist. 
but then after just one follow-up question or two follow-up questions seems to not exactly know why democrats in her mind are communists and this is something the reason why this interview is so interesting to me is this is representative of so many people who make that accusation of the left has become communist you know uh, democrats are all commies or socialists but then you ask do you even know what communism means do you even know what that term is uh the definition or any understanding of it? and you don't really get anywhere with that and so that's very much present in this interview as you'll see and uh, definitely fascinating. At the Trump event, what are you hoping to see? Uh, Besides Trump, just like what do you want to hear? Oh, because I came from a communist country, and Trump is the one who fight for America. And uh, who's who's communist in our country? Who's pushing communism? I came from a uh, Vietnam. You know, Vietnam mm -hmm. is a communist country now, and that's why we left Vietnam. We left Vietnam by boat, and we. We don't like, um, uh, you know, communists. I understand not liking communism. What's the uh, connection to liking Trump? Because Trump is, uh, he's a doer. He, he loves um, everyone and he wants to save America from, you know, the liberals going to the left and it's not good. So it's, it's, it's very bad. So that's why I'm here today for to support him because he's, you know, he's fighting for it. So what's something that the left is doing that's super far left? Because uh, they, they support China and we don't like China, you know? China is a communist country. Communist I just, none of this, like, I don't get why people would hold the opinion that the Democratic Party is communist without having any actual policies or rhetoric that they could point to that would indicate that right so they support china pretty much everyone is in unison saying that we need to be competitive with china and there's differences in how we should approach that but the democratic party just passed the chips act that uh is investing so that the united states can manufacture chips and not be beholden to other countries uh, such as China so that we can compete with them on the world stage with that type of technology. Um, I don't, I just don't get it. I really don't get why you would walk around feeling so strongly that I gotta go support Trump because the left has gone communist and liberals are so bad, but then not really have anything beyond that, right? No beliefs, one step deeper one layer deeper that uh, inform why you actually feel that way. People and they spread the, you know, um, they, they want to conquer, they want to, um, they want to, you know, to make everybody, you know, under them. So they, because you never been to a communist country, I've been to China. You've been to China, and what do you see in China? What did you see? What do you see? Can you tell me? I'm curious. I saw a lot of things, but I'm curious how this relates to the Democratic Party. Oh, because Democrat. Because I think both the Republican and Democratic Party are pretty much not communist. No, I don't think so. Right. So again, the biggest takeaway from that is the accusation of the left. The uh, Democratic Party has gone communist and they're just a bunch of crazy socialists. The two aspects of that is number one, 
point at a policy that you believe is socialist or communist. And oftentimes, if they can come up with one, it's like universal health care. And so then I'll ask, okay, Medicare for all. If you think that Medicare for all makes America a socialist country or the people pushing for that socialists, then do you believe that Medicare is also doing the same thing because every Republican supports Medicare? And so you believe, I mean, they also kind of want to defund it, but I'm saying rhetorically, they'll say they support Medicare. So do you believe that we should not have Medicare, not have Social Security? Obviously, there's some socialized programs in our country, and some people are just advocating to have more expanded ones or more uh, thorough, whatever it is. And so the accusation just holds no weight, except for that it's kind of uh, an emotionally charged one. Ah, communist doesn't mean a form of government that someone's advocating for. Communist means someone that I hate. That's kind of actually what those words, I think, in their minds mean. But it's always interesting in these discussions to see someone who I believe actually honestly holds the opinion they hold, of course, but look at me with confidence in their eyes and say, I just have to be here to support Trump because he's fighting back against the liberals who are going communist. And then you ask one follow-up question, it's like, I don't know, this, that, the other thing. They just are. They just are communists. Who knows? I don't get it. Um, but that is the experience I have so often when I go to these types of events. Thank you all so much for watching and listening to today's show. Uh, if you want to get access to this week's bonus show, where we'll be discussing Herschel Walker saying that uh, this erection is about the people. That's what he said. Um, <laughs> as well as Anthony Fauci giving his final press briefing and many other stories that will be fascinating and uh, fun to talk about. If you want to get access to that, you can go to patreon.com slash Luke Beasley. That is patreon.com slash Luke Beasley, where you'll get the full video version of the show every single day before anybody else. You will get the, uh, well, you'll be the only one to get the full video version of the show, as well as getting it way before any of the clips from it get uploaded to YouTube, as well as uh, the bonus show, plus you're making what we do possible. All of that, patreon.com slash Luke Beasley. If not, I'll see you on Monday.